To the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. Oh, that was bad. Proudly brought to you by LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged in front of a few thousand people. 707 wow. Walnut in Philly, always at LLPavorsky.com. I am Spike Eskin, along with a man who is sadly still across the country, but is in Philadelphia in all of our hearts. That is Liberty Baller's own Mike Levin. Hey, Mike. What's up, man? Hey, buddy. That- was something else. I watched a number of live streams, saw a number of videos. Looked like it was a pretty good time. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, ah, man. I don't, dude, I, can I tell you something crazy? Like, being honest here. Be honest. I was running this morning and. I used to be, I would say, 10 years ago. I was more of a crier than I am now. I'm not a crier anymore because I guess my emotions aren't nearly as ex- <laughs> you cry, you cry, You cry when you run? No, no just in general. Just in crier. general. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like, I, my emotions are not nearly as extreme as they used to be. I, I guess uh-huh. maybe it's something that happens when you get older. You just – nothing's as bad as you think it is and nothing's as great as you think it is, but whatever. So I'm running this morning and I start thinking about the party. And the and all of it, and I get like legitimately watery eyed or whatever, and because I'm so proud that you know people you were there last year and the weird like thank yous people coming I don't say weird in a bad way but but people come up and oh thank you for doing this thank you for doing that. that's that's mostly what they say and it's all we do is for an hour a week, you know, I would prefer that it'd be 50 minutes and you would prefer that it'd be an hour 20. But for about an hour a week, we sit and we sometimes talk about the Sixers and it ends up really meaning something to so many people who are so nice and so and so good. And to see this come together in one thing and to see everyone, you know, uh, Amos came and his friend Mutlu. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did the the mass pod with us. He sat in with you. He didn't say very I much. I thought that's I thought that's who it was. I saw a picture and I was trying yeah. to do the math on who everybody was. Well, I was up there and I was like, "You want to do it?" And he's like, "Sure." So he brought his friend Mutlu, and Mutlu is also a big Sixers fan and also a a, a singer. And um, his uh, his girlfriend, I assume it was his girlfriend, so I'm not even going to say any name. He was there with a young lady. And the young lady said on her way out, she was like, it was weird because it was so bro-y in there. There were so many guys. But at no point did I ever feel gross or threatened or anything. And we have we – have, you and I have done this long enough to where we – this is a community. This isn't a podcast. And I'm so proud of it and I'm so happy that everyone has such a good time and, you know, not one bad moment, you know, like not one, you know, 
uh, guy grabs another guy. You couldn't move in there. It was it was it was ripe for a fight in there, but nothing. And everybody was great, you know. And uh, and I don't know. It's just it was it was really great. It was inspiring. And uh, aside from all the silly stuff, you know, and we can talk about all the silly stuff. But I was just, I want to talk about all the silly stuff. Yeah. There was still so there were what like how I guess you can't do like a uh, a ballpark of it, but like tickets wise, wasn't it like thirty five hundred? Uh, yeah, I don't want to, cause they have, um, they have like fire limits and stuff. I don't want to specific say numbers, but like, let's say the, the capacity in Xfinity live with all of their restaurants is 3000. That's capacity. Now remember they don't do capacity, um, filled in there like, like, like lemmings, you know, they, or, or like sardines capacity is is a reasonable estimate. And that's with all of the restaurants full in terms of, you know, diners and and people and bar. And I can tell you that anyone in there can attest to you that there was not one inch of breathing room anywhere on the main floor for the last two hours of the event. Everyone stood there for the last hour and 10 minutes after your video or even before your video, just watching the screen waiting for the lottery to come on and cheering when something good came on the screen and booing when something bad came on the screen. That's all mm-hmm. they did. So a lot of people. Let's say 3,000. It's pretty good. Were people outside too? Yes. Oh, so that was one of the cool parts. Because it was so nice out, they hired Xfinity Live. Credit to them. They're an amazing partner on this. They They hired a band to be out there because they figure if there's going to be all these people, the best thing to do is to spread them out because if they're all concentrated in one place, then that capacity thing doesn't really mean anything. So they had a band playing outside and I would say until – maybe until the hinky banner raising thing, everything was spread out. So it looked like a festival. It looked like we were at – it looked like Lollapalooza or something. You know, like there was a stage Mm -hmm. here and a thing over there. There were people everywhere. It was insane. Yeah. And so like there was – Derek was in one room and Max and Jim were in the other one. Yep. Vlade. How would your dog hold up? Uh, Rebel held up great. So yeah, uh, Derek was in Bullies. Max and Jim were in PBR. Vlade, thank you, JP, who made who made uh, Vlade. Um, I also met the guy who uh, Ryan, who actually suggested the banner raising thing on Twitter. So that was his idea. Which is, him. I mean, a great idea. Oh, From the incredible. beginning, we were like, "Oh shit, that's it." Well, that that was the thing. I was telling them as I was leaving. It was his idea for the banner. It was JP's idea for Vlade. It was this guy Mike's idea for Rebel. I I don't like. I think. Lee LL wanted to give away the ring. It was my idea to say they have to get engaged at the party. But that was the only idea I had through all this. So Rebel did great. I I got him there at about 5 o'clock. I walked him. He took an enormous poop, you know, while I was walking him at Xfinity Live on the grass. I brought him in. My man. And it was really – it was sort of what I had hoped for in that it was so overwhelming for him that he – he couldn't freak out at anything. So while the, so the bummer was for every picture, he wouldn't come over and do the picture unless I picked him up and held him <laughs> for the picture. And he's not a small dog. He's not a huge dog, but he's yeah. 40 pounds. Uh, and we raised almost $700, $5 a picture with Rebel with the pictures. Um, so he was really good. My wife took a picture of him when he got home, just like sprawled out. 
as if he hadn't slept in six days asleep. Like it really wore him out. But he he did great. He did the whole hour, and people were pretty fired up to get their picture with Rebel. So he did great. Um, Vlade also well behaved. Vlade very well behaved. Uh, props to JP and Casey and John Wintermute who manned the Vlade station. They nearly a thousand dollars for the Vlade. There was a line to take a picture with Vlade, and people just, just you know, happily donating the five dollars. So to recap, the Rebel money goes to Arfaruba, and the uh, the Vlade money goes to our normal charities, Alzheimer's Association and National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. So they were both great. That was it. Was a great start to have everyone sort of in a different place and get everything warmed up. And I guess I could tell the first time I got on the mic at like six o'clock that you know it was a good crowd again. You know, like, you know, like, like, oh, you work at the mic. Yeah. You know, back home in front of the fans. Well, yelling, yelling chants at them. And, you know, you just sort of throw out test balloons for the chance to go. Let's see how this one goes. And I'm like, oh, it's you guys again. Okay, great. (laughs) Yeah, we can do this. So that was great. The next thing that happened really was the engagement, right? Yeah, talk about that. Tell me about tell me about what LL was doing. How was he feeling? So I was, had to sort of work in the crowd. Yeah, I had to sort of deputize LL with the engagement thing because I didn't have a ton of time to be involved. And he did a really smart thing. He let all of the people know who had applied to go upstairs. So we could just sort of spring it on the people who won at 6.55 or 7 o'clock when we did it. So, so nobody knew. So there were how many people? 31 people who were thirty-one. Who people. thought they might have gotten engaged that night? Yep, 31 people. And did do you think that all of the – both partners knew it was a possibility or do you think there were some people that were going to be surprised by it? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think you can go into – this thing and not let her know that it's possible. I just don't think. But you can. you don't have a sense of it. That's just that's just your guess. No, yeah, that's just my my guess. I don't know. I don't have any idea. Okay. So, LL sort of knows where everyone is. He tells me um, who um, he he picks one of the numbers, and it turns out to be this guy Alan and his uh, his girlfriend Chandler. And he sort of points them out. He's like, that's them. I go, okay. So we did it up on the the balcony where you were, right, for the end of it last year. In that front mm-hmm. part of the balcony, that curved front part. And the Xfinity people rigged a, a like a spotlight. So we cleared everyone out and I did some Chani bullshit. Oh, I asked them <laughs> if it was okay to get sexy, I think. And – I, if it was okay for who to get sexy? I don't know. All of us to get sexy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Emotional. Interesting. I mean, that's sexy. Interesting. I don't know, man. I'm interesting just, in front of a couple thousand people. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? They liked it. They thought it was funny. So <laughs> Alan comes up and here's the best part. He brings, he, he brings his girlfriend up and she obviously knows what's about to happen because she's getting upset. Um, and not upset, but you know, like, oh my god, emotional. Oh my god. Emotional. Yeah, it's yeah. happening. The best part is, I wasn't going to make him do it on the mic. And I thought about this 
Because most stadium proposals, you don't hear the guy. You just see yep. it happening. But he, Alan comes up, takes the mic out of my hand, and I go, oh, okay, fine. And he does the proposal on the mic with her there. She's crying. She says yes. And I think my favorite chant of the night was the – I don't know what – everything must be on video somewhere. And yeah, you I know, saw it. I watched it. I would love for I, – I don't – there must be so much social media stuff. I would love every picture and every video. I guess I can't do that, but I'll I'll spend an, a, a few hours searching the hashtag this weekend. But I was told that that Sam's Town was trending in Philadelphia uh, for a good portion of the night, which is great. Oh yeah. Um, and she's crying, and the whole crowd chanting. She said yes. She said yes. She said yes. And LL got the big pop. Um, I talked, the couple was great, uh, Alan and Chandler. They were, I talked to them for a while afterwards and I hope Alan is okay with me saying this, but he said, we were all sitting there talking and he said, the way you talk about being married, about it being like a calming thing and you're happy he goes, it made me more comfortable doing it. It made me more sure to do it. And that's (laughs) amazing. Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So not that it's wrong, but it's, you know, oh, my God. So they were great. So the proposal. Relationship was, advice coming back. Yeah, the proposal was awesome. 10 out of 10. LL seemed very happy. LL's uh, VIP lounge was bumping all fucking night, you know. So so that was that. Um, then the next thing was. The, Wait, did, did, but did she, sorry, did, she, did Chandler know? Yes. So that he, the engagement was coming. Yeah. So she was prepared. She was like, hey, we might get engaged tonight. Yeah. He had told her. He had asked her. And he said he floated it out there expecting her to say no. And she thought it was a fun idea. And that goes back to what I had told Val and what I had mentioned on the podcast. If the girl wants to get married to you, then, you know, there are good things and bad things bad ways to get engaged but if you're getting engaged chances are they're probably going to be happy with getting engaged you know so she was happy she was really happy but yeah she knew it was possible very good yeah that's amazing um what else uh so then there's the uh what's it called the the oh the hinky thing the the banner. It looked good. There, I mean, there's a very smooth rise. Yeah. To Xfinity Live. Yeah. Looked well, great. Played I, you played the uh, Ricky theme song, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because we I had reached out through Matt Mullen to that Matt Duke guy to see if he wanted to sing, and he was just too busy. And I was glad that he was because I thought it was more appropriate to play. The song was appropriate. It just felt right when the Amos song. Uh, and it was cool that he was there, that it got to to raise with them there. And I was there that afternoon. We did a dry run. It it worked. The the banner is high quality, man. I mean, yeah. it is it heavy and nice. Yeah, they and they rigged the spotlight for the banner. And the you know the the thing for me with the banner is within the last forty eight hours. I actually got nervous about speaking before the banner because I was – I did the, like the mental calculation and I'm like the banner is going to get traction on the internet. The banner is going to be everywhere and because it, it's the most ridiculous thing that we've done. 
but well and the engagement well right 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 but the engagement i wasn't involved in the engagement all i had to do was let it happen the, yeah. the banner was so i got nervous about what i was going to say beforehand and i i didn't want to wing it so this morning i'm sitting there and i actually wrote down a few notes and i went into it with a few notes and i had a i told max and no I told Max and I think Rich Hoffman, I had a bit I was going to do, but it was a sight gag and I didn't know if it would work. I was going to go up there and say that I had a list in my hand of Brian Colangelo's accomplishments as general manager and hold up a post-it note. And then I was going to say I had a list of Sam's and then let a scroll go down <laughs> like a long But I didn't do that. But I turned – I felt happy with the speech beforehand. I get too casual with the F word. But but overall, I thought it went – I thought it went really well. How did it play on video? It was good, man. Yeah. It looked good. It was fun. Everybody seemed like they were enjoying it. Lots of cameras out there. Yep. I mean the fact that like no one was arrested is crazy again. No – I mean, it's just, it really is a special thing. Like, I like to make fun of it. Obviously, it's a, it's a huge joke that everybody's there for this. But the fact that, uh, the fact that it makes people happy and that uh, nobody's gotten, like, seriously injured at one of these things is, uh, is a real accomplishment. And, you know, seemed like a lot of fun. Wish I was there. Pretty bummed about it. Yeah. Oh, I, your family was there. I, I, they, uh, they got a, a huge ovation when I pointed them out. You're, uh, yeah, I heard. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to think what else. They they talked to the guy that they met in Italy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they got like, him tickets, They like, talked right? to him for a while. They got him a ticket and then talked to him for a while. Just a uh, small world. Oh, did you go out? Did I lose you? No, I'm okay, here. Yeah. Um, Yes, yeah, so the banner was good. Oh, and then your video played very well. Um, I uh, I gave a, a little speech about you before the video, and your your video looked really good, actually. Um, oh. iPhones are amazing. I assume you did it on an iPhone, or you do it on your computer. On oh, my computer, it looked great. Yeah, and uh, you got cheers throughout. So great. Yeah. The yeah, I've decided to put on the headphones. <laughs> I was yeah. like, this this well, is this is what it looks like. And then you tossed them. It it was the toss was great when you tossed them. Oh great. Yeah. Anyway, man, let's talk about the fucking lottery itself. Yes. I was did you see you probably didn't see. If you look on John Gonzalez's Twitter, he or actually I just retweeted it, but if you look at his Twitter, you can see my reaction once the swap happened. Like, man. Yeah. Man. I I've been for the last week, but really for the last two years. Thinking of pick swap jokes and swap puns and thinking about this pick swap forever. And honestly, getting the pick swap was so much more important to me than getting the number one pick. Obviously, that's not a logical thing to think. But in terms of like building it up, in terms of enjoyment, I. When it's when the when the eighth pick came up and it was the Knicks, and the Kings jumped, I mean it was just I can't believe it was real. Like yeah. as much as I as much as I've been like the picks are swapping, the picks will swap. I believe the picks will swap. The fact that it actually did 
was just so good. Yeah. I mean, can't can't imagine anything better. It was great. It was great. We really got I mean, four straight years of getting to the commercial break is very fortunate. The yeah. odds of that I want someone to do to multiply the odds of that happening four years in a row. And that's we're very, very fortunate. Yeah, I I, I I thought that when I was driving home, we made it to the commercial again. Like we made yeah. it to the commercial. That's the goal. We the you know, we want we want the first pick, but we made it to the commercial with the swap. And I was standing yeah. there with uh Kaja from uh from the from Xfinity Live who does their social media. And as it starts, she's like, When should I start recording? Like when did, and I go Right before nine, because if Sacramento doesn't come up, that means that the picks swapped, and uh, a nine or eight or whatever. And she goes, um, she you know puzzled look, of course, but then does it, and it was really unbelievable when it when the next thing popped up. I swear it looked like when we got the first pick last year. Yeah, that's how yeah. it looked in there. I was down yeah. below, so I didn't see it, but it, people were jumping much higher than they can actually jump. That 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 was my <laughs> that was that was the that was my feedback is wow, I can't believe so many people can jump so high. So Yeah. Measure if you could measure my max vert right after that picks swap. Anyway, look at John Gonzalez because there's a video of me just losing my mind. It is uh it was really good, man. This the pick swap like Getting number one, getting one and four would have been unbelievable. The Lakers pick in vain would have been great. Would have been really sweet to watch the Lakers crumble and lose this year's pick and 2019 first-round pick. But we got another top three pick. We got it on the swap off a uh, like Hinky strikes again. Like, what do you think about Josh Harris saying thank you, Sam Hinky, for this? So I I talked about that on the group pod. I hadn't heard it. And somebody from the crowd read – by the way, we had a crowd for the group pod afterwards, probably a few hundred people just standing there. And toward the end, I didn't know what to say anymore um, because everybody was just staring at me when I was asking them questions on the group. And one person read it to me and my response was, oh, fuck him. Yeah. Like that was the first thing. Uh, I want to think, haha, we won, you know. But my real response was, well, then why would you – like?" You fought, You could still have him, you yeah. know? Um, you, you spineless coward is really what it is. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, all these things that I'm benefiting from this guy that I ran out of town and was just a fucking imp about. God. But, I mean, we, we can be happy. We can thank Sam Hinkie. You can't. You have to be twiddling your thumbs awkwardly and like ham-fistedly saying that you're in a good situation and that you're confident going forward. I need to feel I need to feel your awkwardness. Yeah. And as you know that you were wrong, as you know that you fucked up and that you're benefiting from the guy that you totally sandbagged. Well, so, but you but you don't actually get to say like, "Well, thank you Sam Hinky," like all confident. No, fuck you. You don't get to say it. You're you can benefit from it, but it has to be in a very unsatisfying way to you. With satisfying to us, unsatisfying to you. Yeah, I think the only way I would I would accept it is if it was a true – like if he did a long interview and he was like, you know what? 
we were wrong. They yeah, were yeah. right. But like a total contrition. Yeah, you you can't just this does not you saying that doesn't make us go, "Oh, you're fine now." No, 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 no. I don't need your pity like like nod or whatever. I that is No, we're right. Yeah. There's no like, "Oh, thanks. You get it now." No. Yes. And that was my reaction one one of the every interview I did. Well, what message do you have to By the way, now I know like I can't even imagine what it's like to be an athlete ask, answering the same question for half a year every night. I answered the same question five times in two days, and I was already like, "Oh my god, are you really going to ask that again?" I have no idea how athletes do that. But yeah. but the question was always, um, "Well, how do you feel about the people that don't agree and blah blah blah?" And I just go, "They're on the wrong side of history." I don't know. They're wrong. That's what I think. I think they're wrong. Yeah. So they're wrong. yeah. So I'm wrong and they will be continued to be proven wrong. We got, we keep moving up. We, and like the best part of obviously the pick swap will always be the pick swap, but we haven't talked about this yet, but the Lakers pick not conveying just means just guarantees there's a lottery party next year. First of all, which yep. is not something I realized before. cause the Sixers are for sure making the playoffs, but the Lakers aren't gonna. So if the Lakers are even like, seventh or eighth in the lottery there's going to be a lottery party we're going to show up it's going to be great because it's an unprotected pick next year that the lakers get we get the lakers pick next year no matter what they have nowhere else to hide we're getting that pick it's coming to us it's happening so that's 2018 and then because of that same pick swap trade we get the kings 2019 unprotected pick and the kings are the kings so they'll be bad and that's going to be another really great pick in the lottery and then there will be another lottery party. So basically, two more years of lottery parties guaranteed. That's what somebody said in the crowd. They're like, are you guys going to do it next year? And I, he was like, unprotected 2018 Lakers, unprotected 2019 Kings. I was like, we got two more years of the lottery party. That's what I told Anthony from Xfinity Live. I was like, we got at least two more years. And the other thing that we were talking about is even when we're in the playoffs and we don't have – like if for some reason we don't have a lottery pick, we have a playoff watching party and we call it the lottery party. That That's sounds it, good. right? I that mean, it's it's good. always yeah. the lottery party. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Xfinity was cool. They handled everything they're, great as usual. They're pros, man. Even even the podcast. I walked out to the stage where we were doing the podcast afterwards. And oh, and one more quick thing about Josh Harris. Rich Hoffman made a good point. He was like, "What was the follow up to that?" Like there, were, there must have been more than one reporter there that heard him say, "Thank you, Sam Hinkie." Like, what was the follow up to Josh there's, Harris? There's, he... there, there's, I didn't, I didn't listen to it. I just saw the quote, but there's no way there was one. It's probably just like a chuckle and like a move on. Yeah, um, frustrating. Yeah, even so, when I walk out, just about the Xfinity lot. First of all, they're hiding. I mean, they had a beat in the ceiling, rigging. You know. Pulling things to the rafters is not what they normally do. So they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they had to create an apparatus to do that. They got the banner made, all that great and, stuff. And it's also the, the banner is also going to stay there, right? Uh, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, but there are, there are several different opportunities. I'll talk to you off air about that. Um, okay. But so it might stay there. But there also might be opportunities for us to have, like, uh, if we do an event have it out there so people can take their picture with it. Like that, that I think we will have some access to the banner in the right situation. So, um, is there a concern about pissing off the Sixers? No, I don't, you know, they, they have a, you know, we'll, we'll talk. Off I get it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
But even as far as like what they did, even when I walked out to the stage to do the podcast, they have bright lights on it, five chairs or six chairs set up looking awesome with a mic on each one. And the guy had already hooked up like my little recording device, done a sound test, made sure it would work okay. And then when we finished, he had it wrapped up and made sure that it had worked okay. So they are fucking pros. And uh, you you know, Xfinity Live, I have a an interesting relationship with in terms of my life. Because when I walk past that place on a normal post game night, not my scene, man. Like I am Yeah, of course. I'm forty, I'm married, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be in there, you know, doing that stuff. But when I get to see the you know, for those who aren't you like that place, I have no problem with it, but it's not like my sort of hang. But when we do this, they just knock it right out of the park. You know, they they are all in on all of it. So and and it's a huge like it's like ten people I'm dealing with over there. So yeah, everybody. People great. were ta- people were tailgating outside, right? Oh yeah, I pulled up. A lot of people were tailgating, Mike. Like a lot of people. So many people <laughs> that when I pulled up and parked in the employee lot, and I went to take Rebel for a walk just to sort of settle them down, and I'm like, shit, I'm not going to be able to walk them over here because I'm going to get a bunch of. It's Rebel. It's Rebel. Hey, Spike. I was like, I can't do it over here. There were so many people in the parking lot. It was crazy. I, I dude, it was crazy. The whole thing was nuts. You know, I don't know. Wild. Yeah, I I was really upset that you couldn't be there. Yeah, sucks. Yeah, sucks, sucks. I wish I couldn't even. I I got home at like six thirty Eastern time, so like I had hours of like pre-lottery party excitement to catch up to, and it was just like too much. And then I recorded the video. It was the whole thing. Uh, So how do you feel about three? How are you feeling about? I mean, I know we got commercial break. That's exciting. That's great. We still moved up. The fact that we moved up, or at least got drawn in the top three four years in a row, is huge. But results-wise, how are you feeling? Yeah, I think we're on the same page on this in that I kept telling people. There were some people that were bummed and some people weren't. One guy came up to me. The only guy I got mad at the whole time. This guy comes up to me. He goes, I was expecting more. And I just like patted him on the chest and walked away. I'm like, I'm, you were expecting. I don't know the chances. I, what, what do you want me to say, man? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. My my reaction is this, and I don't have any really. There's no guy except for Lonzo Ball in this draft that I don't want. I don't have a lot of connection to it. My my here's my take. We were supposed to get four and we got three, so that seems like a win to me. Like that that is we went we went up in the draft. We got the pick swap. I don't care. Seems fine. I have to do some YouTubing to figure it would have been nice to get faults. And man, uh, Embiid would have been on swag level 1000 had he, yeah, yeah. had he, boy, he was sure of himself up there, <laughs> you know? Uh, the, well, when they pulled, when it, he, when it went to the break, he like didn't know. He's like, okay, so we didn't get the Lakers pick. You could see him doing the math in his yeah. head. Like, yeah, it's too much. It is too much information. Well, and uh, and then when and then when the Kings popped up at five, he looked confused. It was like yes. that Doctor J look. It was the Doctor yeah. J. What the hell is going on here? Look, Stauskas tweeted about the pick swap. He tweeted a yeah. he tweeted he tweeted the Migos pick swap lyric. Yeah, it was. I I said uh, on the other pod. I said uh, I said that's a funny tweet. Uh, whatever team he's on next year, I guess probably. Oh come on, <laughs> get out of here. Um. 
So yeah, well, how do you – more... a place where you don't – because you don't know – you haven't done your YouTubing yet, so you haven't quite yeah. landed on anybody. And, and everybody seems pretty intent on it being Josh Jackson, I guess. I really like Josh Jackson a lot. The shot is like for sure broken. Um, he can – he hit a – he got really hot from three towards the end of the year. But it was one of those things where it's like this feels like a sample size thing. The mechanics are all, all wrong. And when he misses, he misses real bad. Is he like so, MKG? He's more athletic than MKG. He's a better passer than MKG. Um, and he's a better ball handler. So I was just – we were just emailing actually in the, the Liberty Ballers thread. Um, I, I kind of might – I'm looking at it like what if you played Josh as your like de facto one? And because uh, and, Simmons is going to be handling the ball. Josh Jackson as a, as a, as a secondary ball handler. Luau is a secondary ball handler. I feel like a Josh Jackson, Luau guard play, Covington at the three, Simmons four, and beat five no. is like an insanely long, insanely versatile lineup. Three shooters plus Jackson and, and Simmons be able to like cut off ball and pass the hell out Hold of on, the ball. Hold on, timeout, timeout. Who's the third shooter? Covington, Luau, and beat. Luau is not a shooter. Not yet. Yeah, he's, yeah he'll get there. I trust him. Uh, okay. Or, you know, I mean, you you mix and match. You got you get Bayless in there. He can play some point. You can move him around. I'm just saying, Josh Jackson is he's very athletic and and played actually some four at Kansas, but because he's actually like kind of his frame isn't super wide. He's he's like more thin than than his game would sort of play. So I don't know that he's going to be able to like you're you're going to be able to want to bang like bang around with him down low or anything. So I'd actually see like let him cover ones, let like whatever. I mean, if you have Jackson, Luau, Covington as your one, two, three, they can switch on anybody. There's like just that's just a versatile, like a lethal thing. Um, so I'd be interested in that, especially if you if you're really for real going Simmons. It's interesting. I think uh, I think I, I'm I'm always gonna be concerned about Jackson's shot. You're really gonna have to re- like just tear it down and start over. Uh, he's got like a hitch. You can really tell. It's like one of those things. Sometimes you talk about like, oh, you hear like scouts talk about shooters and like how their shots broken, and you're like, I don't know. It looks okay, but Jackson's shot is like, oh, I as a non-scout, I can see very clearly that this is a broken shot, um, and he only shot like fifty some percent from the line last year, so that's that's tough. The only two guys that I really really don't want are. Darren Fox, who I do like, um, and he actually does have good form on his jumper, but he had he shot just he just, he can't shoot from outside. He has no outside shot whatsoever. And uh, and Jason Tatum, who I think is just like a worse Rudy Gay, like a less like if he was around in like the late '60s, he'd be a very good player, but just not not appealing in this. Like the idea of like give the ball to a guy and just have him get a bucket. If that bucket is like, you know, a contested 15-footer, like I'd rather have Lou Williams take like a off-balance three, honestly. Like, what are we doing? So the only two guys I really don't want are Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox. Malik Monk, I think it's early for th- – three is early for him. I'm just I'm just running with it if you're cool with me doing this. Uh, 100% Malik cool, Monk, by the way. 100% okay. cool. Malik Monk, I think it's early for three. Um he just doesn't play defense. He's he's the kind of guy like in the same way that Jamal Murray or Devin Booker or Drew Holiday, less less Murray, more Booker and Holiday were like told to play off ball in college, and then they got to the pros and were like, oh, you can handle a little bit. I think that might be Monk also. Like 
just because at Kentucky he was told, hey, De'Aaron's going to handle point. You just got to run around screens and hit threes. As a secondary ball handler to, to Simmons, I think he can create a little bit and create for others. He's super athletic. Um, and I really like uh, John Isaac. I would take John Isaac three. I would take Dennis Smith at three. Another guys that are like athletic. Uh, Isaac is just an incredible defender. Another versatile guy. Um, I, I, I'm a sucker for those like efficient role players because especially since we have Simmons and Embiid, like we don't need, an, we don't need to like strike gold on a guy with like a lower a lower floor. John Isaac is a. It's not like playing it safe. It's like just hey, we need to fill this role. Him and Covington on the wings and like rolling to the four, all that stuff. As when Simmons is out, all the stuff. Uh, Isaac can play a little five. It's amazing. There's he's just like a really good like plug him in on any team and he'd be really good. For uh, as as far as value is three, maybe it's not like crazy high, but he's a really really good defender. Maybe one of the best top two or three defenders in the draft. Um, and as like a as just an efficient like spot up shooter and like slasher, he could he could do some damage. And De- Dennis Smith is like prototypical athletic point guard. Uh, he played on a really bad NC State team. Um, so it's similar to like Markel in Washington or Simmons in L at LSU. Just like his teammates were bad and like the coach started falling apart and like everything went to shit. Um, but it's one of those things like Sam, I can't remember if Sam told, if Sam said this publicly or said it and I heard it, um, where it's like, if you know, if you expect something to happen, like when, when Dennis Smith committed to NC State, people were like, oh, that's a bad team unless he like, unless they mesh and gel really well, he's going to be bad. That's going to be a bad team. And then it happens. So if you expect something to happen and then it happens, it shouldn't affect your value, evaluation of a player or of a situation. So I think you sort of throw out last year, you say, hey, he's crazy athletic. He shot better than people expected. Uh, he fell asleep on defense a couple times, but he's a pretty good he's a pretty good passer. He's got good handle, and he can score at like three levels. He can he can handle the pick and roll. He can spot up from deep, and he can score inside. He's a guy that I think is I'm I'm much more interested in him than Alonzo Ball, and I'm glad that we're not going to get Alonzo because uh, the Lakers are taking him at two. But all those guys, really anybody but Tatum or Fox, I'd be really happy with. And if it does end up being Fox and it's like all right at least he's incredibly good at defense and fun to to watch play and he's a lefty I love a lefty um and you just hope for the hope for the jumper I'm kind of tired of hoping for point guards to hit hit shots um and Tatum you hope that the defensive stats are a little are, are there and not more of a mirage and that he can play three next to Simmons but uh yeah that's the rundown quick little rundown for you um I, I'm I'm ready to be mad about uh, the Celtics and Lakers uh, getting rigged into one two. How do you feel about that? Well, real quick before I get into the rigging, uh, is I guess the other the only other thing I would say is I mean I've never watched them and I'll watch them, but everyone says the same thing about Josh, Josh Jackson's shot, and I just I don't I don't know, man. I. I don't know if I can handle a guy who shot just fucking sucks. I just we we, we yeah. and I I'm all for best player and blah blah blah. But you know me and like shooting. Yeah. I I just I don't get it. He, he he doesn't know how to shoot and it's broken. Like dude, even my shot isn't broken. 
you know, <laughs> like not broken, broken. And I'm not a, I, I don't know. It, it's concerning well, that's where, that's, to me. That's, I hear it. And that's why I, I land on this thing. Like I'm, I'm less high on this draft than other people seem to be. And I've, that's and sort you, of how you, I've been. You sound that way, by the way, like that. Yeah. That's yeah. sort of how I've been for a while. Um, Fultz, I think is a total stud. Um, but I think there's a real serious drop after, after Fultz. Um, some combination of Jackson, Isaac, and Smith are my two, three, four. But there are like significant drawbacks to either guy. You're, it's going to be like a pick your poison. Like with with Josh Jackson, you have like one of the highest ceilings in the draft. He's incredibly athletic and he's really smart. And the Sixers are absolutely missing a guy that can just like rise up and like dunk on some motherfuckers. So he's a guy that in transition would just be totally weaponized, back cuts really fun to play with uh, like opposite Luau or Covington and Simmons and guys and like Dario guys that can just pass and move. Um, so that'd be really fun in Brett Brown's offense. But you know, the drawback of Isaac is that he doesn't have that like uh, elite offensive thing to be like, Oh, he's going to be great if he becomes this thing. Like he's probably, he's like less advanced. Uh, I mean, he's, He's, it's easy to compare him to Brandon Ingram because they're both like tall and skinny, but Isaac is way better of a defensive prospect, and I think slightly uh, not the not the potential go-to player that Ingram is as an offensive prospect. Um, so there's there's that like, but I don't think we need him to be. You know, it's like that's why I like like high efficiency role players because you're like if I tell you to do this thing, go do this thing. And you're going to be great at it and, and leave the the big-time scoring to Simmons or Embiid or whoever we get to play point guard if it's Kyle Lowry or whatever. Uh, and then Dennis Smith is, you know, played for played for a bad team. Don't really know if he's, like, if he's got that, like, high IQ, willing to, like, make winning plays kind of thing. Uh, falls asleep a little bit. But athletically, the jump shot looks pretty good. Hopefully it gets better. Um, and the defense, you know, pretty standard for an athletic uh 18 year old kind of defense like doesn't really put it it hasn't put it together yet but has all the tools to be able to so yeah it's uh, it's all those it's all those things to be like yeah you're you're missing something with with monk you're missing defense with fox you're missing shooting with tatum you're missing like a modern game like there's all there's something that you're going to be like but this thing but this thing but this thing um and I think that that hurts a lot of teams that are at the top of the draft that are looking for that guy. We're not one of those teams that are looking for that guy. We can say, hey, Josh Jackson, work on your shot, get better, but like, just run out in transition, play kick-ass defense, get rebounds, and like fill the lane and back cuts and do what you got to do and surround him in lineups with guys that can shoot and like take your time rebuilding that shot. And we can do that with a bunch of other guys. So we, we are at a such an advantage because, you know, as long as you don't take a guy that only has one skill, like I wouldn't take Lowry Markinen because he really is only a shooter and is not even NBA average at like anything else. Uh, so I, but guys that like can, if, if they can hang in other ways, then, then you can, then you can make up for it because of how good the potential of Simmons and Embiid are. Well, I look forward to YouTube, Ant. Um, you know, and uh, the next time we talk, having my YouTube big board ready to go. And oh, you're doing it by by this weekend? Uh, yeah, I'll do it by this weekend. I'll find a way. I I don't think 
I think it's irresponsible of me to go into this month without knowing what I think. It's only like a little over a month. Yeah. Draft. I'm going to tweet this so everybody's listening. Like, just get ready. Get your fave hands ready and fave this tweet. Just as we head into draft season, reminder that, like, basketball is, like, half of defense is basketball. People talk about defense like it's just, like, another thing, like shooting, ball handling, passing. Defense is half of it. And I think we too often just sort of dismiss that as, like, oh, it's one of the things that he's, like, yeah, whatever, he'll learn. Like, if you can't play defense, odds are you're never going to play defense. Can I tell you, though, one sort of hot take I have about that? Give it to me. It's half, but it's it it's less important. It's more of a team thing. If you have a yeah. team, it can it can be baked into a team concept. If you can't, if you're not athletic, you're not athletic, and you can't just like learn to be athletic. But uh, I do think I think it's somewhere in between. I think oftentimes it will be too easily disregarded as like yeah, you can't play defense, but like look at all this other stuff. Like if that's the case, then like Rudy Gay would have won like a bunch of titles, and he didn't win any titles. Yeah, 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 for sure. I just think you can, as long as the guy isn't, like the thing about Isaiah Thomas, well, and by the way, they were the one seed in the East, but the thing about Isaiah Thomas is, like, his size makes it impossible to, like, you know, figure out how to be a good team defensive player because he's always 5'7 or whatever. I don't know. I just, um, I would rather, if, if I can have a guy excel at one, I'd rather he excel at offense. I guess. I don't know because I, I mean I think like that's – I wrote about this like a long time ago about like would you rather have a guy who's who's like a – like has star qualities mm-hmm. like a Carmelo or a Monte Ellis or a Rudy Gay, those kinds of things. Like you could give him the ball, get out of the way or would you rather have a guy who is more efficient on both ends but like less of a go-to player and for me it's – it's always the efficient go-to, the efficient two-way player every time because if if you really can only have one, like automatic, he's our guy. We're gonna feed him the ball and he's gonna go get us buckets. And if that guy isn't elite, then you're gonna you have a such a lower ceiling. So I'd rather load up on guys that like are 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 um can are like supporting can can like sort of like build around the fringes of like okay this is a solid two-way guy this is a solid two-way guy avery bradley whatever then have to go be like okay this guy can go get us a bucket and even though he's never going to be an elite offensive player he's good enough to be able to be like get us a bucket sometimes and then like you know it's like it's like demar Derozan a little bit like he's a he's in a pretty remarkable offensive player for for how little he does other than like hit mid-range jumpers but when defenses tighten up and he plays better competition in the playoffs they don't really win many games so i think i'd rather have like avery bradley over uh like the derozan type you know i think that's that and save save my like one bullet for our huge offensive stuff for when he's like the guy that's all i'm saying uh, I don't entirely disagree. I, I don't want to get wrapped up in the details. The one detail that I would say is like I don't think Demar Derozan is a fantastic offensive player. I I I, I think he's. I'll, I'll go with the Carmelo. He averaged like what, like twenty six points a game this yeah, year. Yeah, but I'll, I'll go if you want to go Carmelo Anthony. Let's go that one. I'd rather have that because I would I would I would fight for the Carmelo Anthony 
argument, but I wouldn't fight for the DeMar DeRozan argument. But whatever, yeah, yeah. we're splitting hairs. You got your, I, you got your friends. I gotta go. And, oh, all right, I like. I also like thing. to say, uh, as much as as much of a small bummer it is that we don't get the Lakers pick, we get another year of, of hating them and watching them lose, and that's gonna be great. And then we get another lottery pick next year. But also, the Sixers were gonna trade that pick anyway, and I'm sort of glad that that didn't happen yet. I would have been frustrated. Uh, and we have four fucking second round picks just waiting to be discovered just waiting to bloom in this lovely world that we now live in 36 39 46 50 it's it's package those up move up work around the fringes trust trust ned cohen baby he's making moves wow we're deputizing ned cohen i love it yeah the sex oh he deputizes king of the second round oh is he and now he is. <laughs> um, it's going to be good. It's going to be a fun month and a half. Yeah, to, I'm excited. Back to draft season. Good yeah. to have it. Honestly, it's just good to get it like squared away. Like uh, This was fun. I love. Uh, I loved a lot of the stuff I saw. Very happy with the lottery party. Wish I was there. But like now that it's over and when there's like a certainty, it's like, okay, we don't have to talk about like if, 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 if. Yep. Here it is. Here's the facts. Let's go forward. Yep, I agree. I agree. I'm I'm all in for all of that. So, uh, and I, um, yeah, yeah, get, get, get our, our normal draft people on, you know, maybe some new draft people, definitely get Godner on, get, uh, get, who do we have? Ricky, Ricky O'Donnell. Do we have him? Should we should have fucking sharp on? He loves college guys, doesn't he? I don't know. I don't know if I want sharp on this podcast. I don't know if he's earned it. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right man all right dude uh, thanks for doing everything tonight sorry i couldn't yeah. couldn't support next year supporting from from beyond next year um uh yep and thanks everyone for coming and thanks everyone for listening i'm gonna go do this so i can get in bed by one all right buddy all right team man Hit when they go boom.